Welcome to Pull Up The Tape Podcast, the podcast that keeps you connected by providing all the hottest and most current takes in the world of sports. This podcast is a full version of today's episode. Lastly, share this podcast with anyone you know that loves basketball, boxing, football, MMA, and soccer. It's greatly appreciated. Happy listening and enjoy the episode. My name is Michael DeLue. Today is Monday, October 3rd, 2022. It's episode 102 of Pull Up The Tape. And I'm really, really, really excited to get into the politics of today's episode. With that being said, we can just jump right into it. I mean, it's been a great weekend of sports, you know. I, I had an amazing weekend. I had a blast. I can't wait to just jump in and politic on all the games I watched this weekend. Because, you know, this, this is what I do. This is why I'm here. Feel me? So, and this is what you guys are tuned in to do. Tuned in for, all right? That being said, um, I want to say every, like, you know, every weekend in the NFL, there's, you know, probably like four or five matchups where it's two really, really good teams going at each other. And those are the ones I like to focus on every single week. I mean, fortunate enough for me, my team was part of one of the really, really good matchups today. So I, I can't wait to talk about that. But the first matchup I want to talk about is... The Buffalo Bills against the Baltimore Ravens, all right? So the Buffalo Bills were able to pull pull back the improbable fucking comeback win after being down 3 to 20 in the first half and come back to win the game 23 to 23 to 20. And crazy thing about this game is I'm at the sports bar, Tom's Watch Bar in downtown LA next to Crypto Arena, Staples Center, and I'm 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 laser focused on the Jaguar and and Eagles game, and I just noticed all right, Josh Allen throws a pick early in the game, and then as I keep like you know I, I'm watching I'm laser focused on the Jaguar game, I'll look over. It's seven it's seven zero, look over again it's fourteen zero, look over again it's seventeen zero, look over again it's twenty I'm like oh wow, and in my head I'm just like damn. Is this really how the Bills are Bills are gonna go out? Like, damn, they lost last week to the to the to the Dolphins. If they lose again this week, it's like, damn, can I mean I, I it, it is still very early in the season, but it's like, you know, the Bills really need this need this game, like to continue to assert their dominance in the in the AFC. So in my head, I'm just like, man, if they don't come back and win this game, I, I don't know. That's not really, really a good look. Like every every now I'm not gonna say everybody. But a lot of people have the Bills as one of the few teams that have the roster, the talent to represent the AFC. So if they were to get stomped out like that in the first, like, oh, that's not, that's not good. That's not good. But and you know, one of the things one of the things I was talking about, and I remember I remember saying this last week, is that you know I think I think it's crazy that dating back. I think this dates back to week one of 2021 that the Bills have lost their last seven games that came down to a one position. So any any game that let and and I know I know this for a fact because obviously they lost against the, they lost against the uh, the Chiefs in the AFC divisional last year. I know for a fact they lost to my Jaguars nine to six last year. So they've lost seven straight games when it when it's when it's down to one possession. So what that tells you is in crunch time, the Bills don't know how to execute. They can't. They can't win. Uh, they can't grind out a game or whatever the case may be. Yeah, they could blow the fuck out of teams, but 
in the playoffs when it really, really matters, can you guys buckle down and and play play sound sound football on both ends of on both ends on both sides of the ball? And yesterday we were able to do that because they stormed back after being dead. And the crazy thing is, last week I was just talking about how you know the possession situation, and then the very next week they 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 figure it out, they turn it around. As I said, the game started off like I feel like saying the game started off terrible is an understatement. Like that shit was horrific like that shit was bad as fuck and it's like they're playing on the road they're playing against a a really good team with a very dynamic quarterback and that's just definitely not the situation you want to find yourself in being the buffalo bills like you want to that's not that's not a situation any team wants to find themselves in you don't want to be down big on the road and then have to climb back like that's 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 not nobody wants to be in that situation that's the situation they found themselves in, and fortunately for them, they were able to bounce back and get the W. Like, and I, as I said, this is very, very massive for their confidence for them as a team. They're three and one now. They're atop the AFC, and it's just a really, really good win for them. And it, you know, you know that the Bills have the offensive firepower to be able to keep up with anyone, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. Nevertheless, but like I said, they have to be able to put this, put these things all together. Like it. They can't be losing close games with the, with the roster as talented as they have. And it's crazy because last week they dominated the time of possession. And I, let me let me let me let me tell everyone something now that I that I've noticed in in just watching the NFL this this season. Time of possession means absolutely nothing. Like you can dominate time of possession and the same thing in soccer. You can dominate time of possession, you can have more possession in the team whatever the case may be. It's what you do with those minutes. Same thing with when you go to the gym. It's not how long you stay at the gym, it's what you do while you're at the gym. So, last week the Bills dominated the time of possession. They had 40 minutes to Miami's 20 and they lost by 2 points. This week they got dominated for the time of possession and they somehow found a way to pull out the W, pull out the victory. The Bills were horrible in the first half. Horrible in the first half. Horrible in the first. The Bills were, the Bills were horrible in the first quarter. Mid in the second quarter. So the first half they were ah whatevers. The second half they turned it up. They started clicking. They started firing on all cylinders. Matt Milano was destructive. Greg Russo on deep like the Bills shut out the Ravens in the second half. So you, ha- I have to give credit to where credit is due. Their defense, Micah Hyde. Two big interceptions. The interception that led to the go-ahead field goal. Micah Hyde in the in the end zone saved the touchdown pass. Greg Russo is disruptive. Matt Milano disruptive. Trey Edmonds was all over the field making plays. Like the Buff- Buffalo's defense is for real. Once they tightened up the screws, they gave the Ravens absolutely nothing. Josh Allen, uh, nineteen to thirty-six, two hundred thirteen yards, a touchdown, an interception. Josh Allen, again, 11 carries, 70 yards. I've said this over and over again, and I'm tired of saying this. This is one of the things that I – this is one of the biggest, 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 biggest things that I don't like about the Buffalo Bills is that they're so, 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 so reliant on Josh Allen. It's either Josh Allen is going to save the day or we're going to lose. Like, the, and, and I, said th- I said this at the bar yesterday. The Bills might have one of the worst rushing attacks over the past three years in the NFL. It's like they have they have three number number three running backs. They have like like they have three third down backs on their roster. I, I don't know exactly what it is, what's up with the play call, but it's like they they get 
Like, I mean, I get, I guess Devin Singletary yesterday he had 11 carries for 49 yards, and then on top of that, I had four catches for 47. But it's like, bro, the the Bills the Bills rush rush game is just it's it's terrible. It's terrible, and it it, it really bothers me because I I I feel like I've been I'm, I'm I I don't know if the coaches don't see this offense cool. I I don't know what it is, but the Bills rush attack is a fucking dismal. It's 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 terrible. It's either Josh Allen is gonna like, and then when the Bills do pick up yards on the ground, or if the Bills if the Bills do get okay, let's say 150 yards on the ground, you can best believe that Josh Allen Josh Allen accounted for like 90 to 100 of those yards for the most part, and that's typically what happens most times. And then Stephon Diggs had you know a really quiet game, four receptions, 62 yards, nothing crazy, whatever the case may be. But on the Ravens side of the ball. And like the spectrum of the you know the politic, it's like they have a, they have a lot of questions that need to be answered. First of all, why can you not hold on to leads? They blew a twenty eight point lead against the Dolphins. They blew a twenty point lead two weeks later. It's like what 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 exactly is going on? I don't know. Like a, a lot of questions need to be answered by the by the by the Ravens. And then on top of them not being able to sustain leads. The play calling, the play calling in the second half was horrible. Like when I say horrible, I mean horrible. Play calling was horrific. That shit was bad. Greg Roman needs to like needs to be like I I, I don't know what what exactly that was, but and I try not to overreact on a week to week basis, but sometimes you look at these things and you're just like, okay, well, what exactly is happening? Because this is the second time something like this is happening. Like you can't just continue. Like you you mean it's you mean to tell me you can't string together three points in a in a half? You can't string together three points in a half? The Ravens got shut off and shut out in the second half. And another thing, Mark Andrews, and and and, I, and I'm gonna take this person because Mark Andrews is on my fantasy team. Mark Andrews, why do you only have two catches for 15 yards? The the Ravens are as is don't have the 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 greatest receivers or whatever the case may be. So Mark Mark Andrews being the tight end is also the de facto number one receiver, and like you can't you can't have two catches for 15 yards. That's just not gonna cut it. That's not gonna cut it being my number one, being my being my 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 tight end in fantasy, and it's not gonna cut it in real life either. I'm not a Ravens fan, but it's like, bro, that's not good. And then John Harbaugh going for it on fourth down, on fourth and goal, when he should have just kicked the fucking points. That was a fucking terrible call. Well, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. You got and, and you got to take the points in that situation. You guys, you guys finally, you guys are in the red zone. In the late in the game, you take the points. Like so, sometimes I really be under I, I I really as I watch like even Nick Sirianni. The Jack the 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 Eagles march down march down the field, get it to the red zone. They're up nine with like two minutes left. He decides to go for it on fourth and three instead of kicking the field goal to make it a two possession game. They're up eight. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like I don't like, but hey. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I really don't know what some of these coaches be thinking, but I'll get to Lamar Jackson stats. He had 20 of 29, 144, a touchdown, two interceptions. He had 11 carries and 73 yards. Uh, average day, I guess, at the office. No, nothing too crazy, nothing too special, whatever it gets me be. So then I'm going to get into the second game. The Eagles beat the beat my Jack beat my Jacksonville Jaguars 29 to 21. And honestly, I I, I had a at the bar, there was a lot of Eagle fans there yesterday. I was getting heckled. I was getting harassed. I mean, I guess I deserved it because, you know, 
when the Jaguars jumped out to a 14-0 lead, I thought we were going to blitz these niggas out the stadium. I was like, oh, oh, my. Hey, the Jaguars came. I said, oh, in my head, I'm watching this game like, oh, my God, yes. I'm like, man, I love Sundays. I love Sundays. But, yeah, it didn't end up working out in my favor. But I, w- I want to give credit to where credit is due. Nick Sirianni is looking like an incredible hire. He has the he has the Eagles playing at a really really high level. I mean, personally, personally, and I might sound like a hater. I don't really think the Eagles are all that good. Whatever case may be, I don't I don't see them representing the NFC. I, I mean, as of right now, I guess because the record they're the best team in the NFC. But I I don't I don't know. We'll see. But as I said, Nick Sirianni has the Eagles playing at a, at a very very high level. I mean, he has Jalen Hurts looking, you know. Cool, calm, collected, poised, everything like hey, it looks like they're surrounded. Hey, like I, I can I can only say good things about Nick Sirianni and his staff, his offense. I mean, not I can't only say good things, but obviously they're four and zero, so they're doing a lot of a lot of things right. Jalen Hurts showed a lot of composure yesterday because, first of all, horrible weather, horrible weather, horrible weather, horrible weather. It was raining for fucking four hours straight. The whole the whole entire game, it was raining. On 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 Nick um, Nick Foles on Jalen Hurts' very first offensive possession, he goes on the field and he he targets AJ Brown. The ball is tipped into the air, interception. To Andre Cisco runs it back for seven, pick six. When I when I tell you when that happened, oh my god, I was in I was in that I was in that bar acting a fool, a fucking fool. I was talking big shit. Then we scored again. I was like, oh yeah, it, it's but. He came back, bounced back from that, put in a catch day performance yesterday, 16 to 25 yards, 16 to 25, 205 yards interception. He didn't throw, he didn't throw, he didn't throw a, a, a passing TD, but he ran one in for that first score of the game. Miles Sanders, man, that dude was incredible yesterday. He had 24 carries, 136 yards. He had two touchdowns. AJ Brown, five receptions, 95 yards. His presence was felt. Dallas Goddard, three receptions, 72 yards. Like honestly, overall. Overall, the the Eagles came. They did their thing. I mean, I I honestly feel like the Jaguars really, really could have won this game, but it is what it is. I can't really talk what I feel like could have happened or whatever the case may be. Like, I really just have to discuss and report on what did happen. And what did happen is the Jaguars ran out of steam. And I'm gonna keep it. I'm I'm, I'm not, I don't I don't like to single out one player or whatever the case may be. But in this situation, it's hard. It's hard not to blame Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence fumbles killed every single – every drive Trevor Lawrence fumbled, it just killed the drive. Like, And and here's the crazy thing. No, not crazy. On the stat sheet, it's going to say, oh, the Eagles defense forced five turnovers. But in reality, they only forced two. They had a strip sack, and they had an interception. They have four – well, it's going to say four fumbles and an interception. But in reality – one of them was a strip stack. That was the last, like the the last offensive possession that the Jaguars had. That was a clear, that was clear fumble, um, a strip sack or whatever the case may be. And then James Bradbury picked off Trevor Lawrence when the Jaguars were marching straight, march into the goal line, into the red zone, into the Eagles' red zone. And the other three fumbles, man, Trevor Lawrence, man, he was just sloppy with the ball, and and I and and. And as I as I was watching the game, the biggest one that just like oh that just baffled me so much that I just really couldn't understand was 
It was fourth and like three. Trevor Lawrence gets out the pocket and he's literally gonna, he literally has like 10 yards in front of him of open space. I'm like, oh my God, this is easy. He's about to walk and get this first down. The ball just drops right out of his hands. And I and I started screaming because I'm like, ain't no fucking way. The ball just flew out of his hand. And then and then we fumbled and Fletcher Cox looks it up. I'm like, what the fuck was that? We could have went tw- we could have went. Twenty-one up. We could have went up twenty-one. So many fucking miscues on the ja- on behalf of, the, and majority of them literally fall on Trevor Lawrence. Like I, I, I do not like to single out players when a team loses, whatever the case may be. But it's hard not to. Trevor Lawrence had four fumbles and one interception. Four fumbles. Four. And an- another thing is. It, Trevor Lawrence, how do you fumble the ball on a QB sneak? How the fuck? Did, how the fuck does that happen? That doesn't even make any sense at all. You can't even do that in Madden. How the fuck do you fumble on a? Q- oh man! And then like, I'm trying to be realistic, and 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 not overreact to one game because at the end of the day, if someone were to tell me my Jacksonville Jaguars would be two and two. After one month of football and st- and be at the top of the AFC South, I would be like, I, w- I would look at them and be like, "There's no fucking way that's true. There's no fucking way that's possible." But that's that's the reality. And it's like, I I know for a fact, like being a Jaguars fan, I've been a Jaguars fan since 2007, and I've and I've suffered and endured through so much fucking losing that this season I've honestly said, you know what? I don't care what the Jaguars record is at the end of the season. As long as they are competitive and we look like we actually practice during the week when we play these games, I don't give a fuck what our record is. But I've low-key had to tailor my expectations because I've realized that after watching yesterday's game, the Jaguars are actually a good team. But we just made so many dumbass mistakes yesterday. Roughing the punter. That was a horrible penalty. Roughing the kicker. Horrible penalty. And it's just like, man, yesterday, yesterday the Jaguars got away from who they were. Yesterday it was it was so apparent that the Jaguars got away. We barely ran the fucking ball, and that was honestly simply unacceptable. Jaguars ran listen to this. Look. Jaguars ran a total of 19 times. And James Robinson only had eight carries while the Eagles ran it 50 times. That was it. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. That makes no sense at all. The Jaguars ran the ball 19 times. And James Robinson had eight. The Eagles ran the ball 50 times. Doug Peterson, like mentally, he, like his mentality is just, you know, throw the, ball, throw the ball to score and, you know, run the ball when you're up. And honestly, we should have pounded the fucking rock. Man, it, it was it, – I, as I watched the Jaguars lose momentum in the first half, I was just like, you know what? The next half, the next next possession, they got to come out and, and play smash around football and just grind and grind the ball, whatever the case may be. Move bodies and just like and just try and try their very best to dominate in the trenches. And they did none of that. They did absolutely none of that. And in my head, I'm just like, you know what? The Jaguars fumbled this game away, but. The silver lining for this game is, you know, I can confidently say 
The Jaguars probably will not get blown out by anyone this season. We gave up 200 rushing yards, and we, we, turn, and we had five giveaways. And we only lost by eight points. I guess that's the silver lining. And then another silver lining is next week, we were playing the Houston Texans. They are the easily one of the worst teams in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm really I'm looking forward to that. I'm really excited, whatever the case may be. So, look for the Jaguars to be able to bounce back from that. But overall, really, really good game. I liked it. I enjoyed it, even though my team lost. I lost a lot of money. I lost, like, almost equivalent of, like, fucking $250. But it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the last time I bet on the Jaguars, they won me. They won me, like, $250. But it is what it is. And last game I'm going to get into and politic about is the Chiefs versus the Bucks. The Chiefs beat the Bucks 41 to 31 and I'm going to I'm I'm not going to lie, I'm not really surprised that the Chiefs came out and performed the way they did because they had a they had a chip on their shoulder to prove because last week they had a fluky ass a fluke ass fucking loss to the Indianapolis Colts who, who in my opinion fucking suck. And yesterday yesterday as I was watching the game and specifically in the first half, you could tell that Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense specifically took this game personally. And Nick Wright mentioned it on uh, on the What's Right podcast that, you know, there's a lot, not a lot on the stake for Patrick Mahomes, but this is probably going to be Patrick Mahomes' last time playing Tom Brady. And he wants to go out and prove that, you know, I'm a dog or whatever the case may be. And on top of that, on top of that, this is the Chiefs' first time playing the Bucks since the Super Bowl that they lost in 2021. They got fucking smashed. They lost 31 to nine. They lost 31 to nine. And I'm I know, I know that had to be on Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence, on Patrick Mahomes' mind as well as Andy Reid because they got blanketed, they got shut down, they got dismantled by Todd Todd Bowles' defense. Who at the time he was a defensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach at, at the of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because. Bruce Arians stepped down, and I know for a fact Andy Reid's like, I'm finna cook the fuck out of this nigga, and that's exactly what they did. Andy Reid was on a mission, uh, and you can tell that shit from 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 day one, from uh, day one, from the first play, and he was like, I'm about to fuck Todd Bowles up, and he was running trick plays, all types of shit, pulling out new plays, whatever. Like uh, you can you could tell Andy Reid was in his bag, and he was like, you know what? We're about to come here. We're about to make a statement. We're about to dominate these niggas. And they're not going to be able to keep up with us. And we're not going to let up. We're going to step on their throats. We're going to play Chiefs football. And we're going to go home after that. And that's exactly what they did. Patrick Mahomes had 23, was 23 of 37, three touchdowns. And here's another thing that was really, really, and one of the most, one of the more impressive things that happened yesterday is the simple fact that, man, the Chiefs, the Chiefs had such a balanced attack. Such a balanced attack. Listen to this. The Chiefs ran the ball 37 times and had 31 more plays than the Bucs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 19 carries, 92 yards, a touchdown. Isaac Pacheco, 11 carries, 63 yards. That screams balance. That screams balance. I don't expect that from the Chiefs every single week, but that type of shit, if the Chiefs can pull this out for the most important games of the seasons, the Chiefs will be back in the Super Bowl. Balance? You getting over 150 yards on the ground? What? That's crazy. And then on top of that, Patrick Mahomes was able to hit eight different receivers. Eight different receivers. He spread the ball around. 
He made play after play after play. And I mean it also it also helped that they got an extra possession to start off the game, man. Also helped that they got an extra possession to start off the game. And honestly, for the Bucks, man, I don't even know what to say. For the Bucks, I don't I don't really know what to say because Tom Brady Tom Brady played lights out. He was 39 and 52, over 350 yards, three touchdowns. But the run game was the the the, the run game was horrible. The run game was horrible. They they had three yards on the ground, three yards rushing, three yards of rush offense. Leonard Fournette had three carries for negative three yards. Rashad White had three three carries for six yards. That's fucking terrible. That that is that that's a recipe for failure. And then on top of that, your defense your defense gives up forty one points when they've only give up fourteen all season. The most the most they gave up all season was fourteen points. And on top of that. They just started off the game bad. They were supposed to receive the ball, get the first possession in the game. On the very first play, their the the returner fumbles the fucking ball. Two plays later, the, the Chiefs score. That that you you're not gonna win it. You're not the Chiefs got up early and just never looked back, never, never let never let go. And you're not gonna you're not gonna win games when you give Patrick Mahomes extra possessions. That's just not that's not a recipe for anything you want. But the saving grace is for the Bucks is their division is terrible. The Panthers suck. The Saints suck. And the Falcons, uh, they suck too. And one, as the Bucks continue to get healthy and get it together, they'll string together 10, 11 wins, and they'll win the NFC, NFC South and be back in the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I don't really think there's really – and then, as I said, Tom Brady probably played the best game of his season so far. Um, he only had 13 incompletions through 13 touchdowns. Dude, through three touchdowns, no interceptions. Like Tom Brady, Tom Brady looked like he had a lot left in the tank. Played really good. Mike Evans balled, came back, showed how important how important he was and how 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 bad they needed him last last week. He had over a buck, two touchdowns, thirteen catches. Like Mike Mike Evans was a nigga. Um, it was a decent game on 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 Sunday Night Football, whatever the case may be. I mean, just. Honestly, I'm, I'm gonna say this before I, before I wrap up the podcast. I'm just really really excited to be able to be able to do this again. Um, my my goal is to get it as consistent as possible with this. Let's, let's see how let's see how how well that goes and whatever the case may be. And with that being said, I want to just thank everybody who's supporting, listening, rocking with me, whatever the case may be, like liking, whatever the case may be, sharing, whatever the case may be. I'm gonna keep saying whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be. And with that being said, long live pop. Whoa. Long live my brother. Long live Nip. For me, long live Kobe. Long live Gigi. Long live Vaughn. Long live Mac Miller. A hey, free, free Chef G, free Pooh Shiesty. You already know what the fuck it is. It's still comeback season, nigga.